Welcome to Sharon Feelings. My name is Chris Sharon. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am a little more excited than usual because this is my first recorded episode in almost a year. Yes, almost a year. You heard that right. Listen, times are absolutely crazy right now, and so much of our future is uncertain. But I'm here to tell you that we are going to get through this. Keep challenging yourself, keep doing the things that bring you joy, and keep moving forward. Today, I have my good friend and former Disney colleague, David Brown, joining us. He is a true entertainer who has made a life out of putting a smile on everyone's face. We discuss impossible standards of social media, the madness that is our country, and the difficulty of keeping promises to ourselves. David unapologetically opens up about his depression during the pandemic, so please go with grace as you listen. Although our outlook can be bleak at times, I am hopeful that if we surround ourselves with people who love us, we will overcome. Or at least learn to chill out. Enjoy. I'm good, man. I'm so good. Thanks for doing this. I'm so excited. Um, I feel like I'm at the Oscars. I feel like I was asked to host. <laughs> no, dude, it's so silly. You know, like, I, I'm sure you'll be able to relate. Like, I constantly teeter on the brink of, like, doing things that are creative, but then, you know, crippling self-doubt that, like, showing it to people is going to just, like, totally destroy my sense of self or whatever. I don't know, you know? Well, especially now, I mean, I hate to just jump right in, but I'd be scared. I'm scared to do anything yep. on a social platform, whether it's even something not even having to do with politics yeah. or anything. I'm scared to even put anything out there because everything is so volatile at the moment. You're absolutely right. I mean, I have a terrible relationship with social media. Just like, I don't, I don't know what happened. I think it was maybe when I started being a performer like professionally that I started to like be more self-conscious of the content that I was putting out there but I don't know Facebook used to just be like a chance I don't know I think about like MySpace you know what I mean like I was on MySpace putting my emo song you know what I mean like I don't even know what the hell I was using it for because I would just talk to my friends regularly like on the phone or when I so I I can't stand Instagram but I'm on it I can't stand it because it's, I can't have as much fun on Instagram as I can with Facebook and with MySpace where, like, you know, MySpace, you could play music, you could do this, you could do that. You were like a mini little programmer in my top 12, and why'd you take me off your top 12? Because <laughs> yeah. now I have a top 8. But I'm scared to put anything on anything anymore. It's not as fun. And I'm noticing clearly, I guess it's just a growing up thing, but when I go on Facebook and it says, you have memories today... And then I look at the memories and it says like 10 years ago and the comment that I wrote is not really what I would write. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 100%. I'm, I'm, I used to be this person in high school. This will, this will come as no surprise to you where I like putting all these moody song lyrics and inspiring quotes and all these things like very philosophical and very like, you know, existential and all this crap. Like who did I think I was? You know what I mean? Like for my platform. For fun to express yourself, you weren't so concerned yes. about representing yourself as a brand on Facebook, right? I used yes. to just go on there and say, I don't know if I can curse on this if this is being recorded, but I used to go on there and just be like, fuck Tuesdays. <laughs> I hate it. But now 
because Facebook and all these social media platforms have become such a brand. Anything you put on there is branding yourself because people in the professional world are now looking at your Facebook and your Instagram to judge on who you are, what you're doing. Are you right for this position? It's like you can't really – it's not a carefree environment. No, no. You're absolutely right. It is totally – under this lens whereas like before when I was posting on MySpace or Facebook or like whatever it you're right it was just for me and like I don't know my friends or I don't I don't even think I gave it a second thought like I think it was just truly organic like whatever I was actually feeling yeah. even though in hindsight I'm looking back and like what an idiot but like but now I'm struggling especially with Instagram like I'm struggling to find what is actually genuinely me or what is like just a conglomerate of like seeing what other people are posting or trying to be like somebody that I admire or you need to watch the social dilemma uh, no I've been hearing about that what's it like it's very I hate social media but I'm on it I am full blown addicted I don't know what I would do without Instagram or Facebook I, I, I'm self proclaimed like an alcoholic to social media <laughs> even though I wish I could disconnect and, and delete all of it Right. I really don't want to do it anymore anyway the social dilemma is the documentary on Netflix about this social dilemma that we are having where the people that they're interviewing is like the guy who invented the like button on the Facebook team oh in 2006 mm-hmm. you know all these people that really created these programs they're like at first it was just a way to see what your friends were doing and then it became something that I don't think is great and they're really storing all of your information guys because yeah. we're throwing if you click on that you like Pottery Barn we're gonna throw you an ad about home furniture <laughs> yeah it's so real I'll even it's so scary I'll even be talking about something with someone and and I'll I'll see an ad about it on Facebook like you know I don't mean to get into like a conspiracy theory sort of mindset but it's just it's literally bonkers and like I'm thinking now it's like even more harmful I think and what are your thoughts like this pandemic like this pandemic has totally just isolated everyone you know what I mean and now I feel like the sensation of social media is even more heightened and people rely on it even more to like stay in touch with people. Yeah, connect. And like, so we're, we're literally, we're literally dependent on this medium to connect with people. And like, that is horrifying. And we have to ask, like, you really have to act, like, stop and ask yourself, is this normal? It's Mm -hmm. not normal. We've created it to be the norm, but it's really just not I, I beg myself and my husband whenever we go on a long walk with our son, <laughs> meaning our dog, um, I, I say we're leaving the phones at home. We're leaving the phones. We're going on like a 30, 45 minute walk where we just don't have any of it. I am so addicted to yeah. looking at my phone that I, I miss 1997. <laughs> I miss if I'm not home and you called my home line, then I'm not home. Yeah. Yep. And I think it's insane that 11-year-olds and 10-year-olds have a supercomputer in their hands. Oh, uh, yes. Or even 45-year-olds, anybody. We have way too much access all the time. Yep, yep. I miss Encyclopedia Britannica. If you need to know something, you got to go to the library or you got to go home and look it up. Yeah. I don't like all the access. 
accessibility. No, it's it's the, it, we've way tipped the scales way in the wrong direction. I feel like I I think like anything, it started out as a good idea, and but now it's at a place where like, what do you do? Like, what what do you do? You just compl- well, it, you know? It's like when the toothpaste is out of the tube, you can't put it back in. Mm-hmm. There's no going back. Right. It just has to be. Unfortunately, there has to be some sort of regulation but then money comes into play right so now facebook instagram twitter snapchat all of these social media they're just they're getting so rich that nobody cares about the outcome because money talks yes absolutely i don't care really what's happening to us as can you even imagine being a teenager oh my god no 2020 oh my god no and a, a, how about being a, a, a female 13-year-old? How about being a black 13 female? There's so much... I don't even... I've never known how women do it. There's so... I thank God I'm a boy mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. They have all that fallopian stuff going on besides, like, periods and giving birth and, like, all of that. There's so much pressure and makeup and hairstyling and, like, pressure on women to, like, be be these perfect things and I'm like oh, and yeah. a teenager with all that pressure oh, it's, comparing it's, yourself nobody's posting on Instagram when you're crying at home right. everyone always posts when they're like at a microbrewery or they like <laughs> hiked a mountain or absolutely. they are on the beach absolutely because like what's the point like it, it's 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 to in you know preserve these like perfect memories or whatever and then you know I'll see posts all the time of just like you know trying to do that what you're saying like post on an off day or like post a real quote unquote thing but then it's like nothing is genuine because it's all meant to be seen it's all being done to be seen and like when you're right like being a young person a young woman I could not imagine I still can't imagine but I just like I couldn't fathom it because everything that you do is being judged under a microscope and it's being compared. Yeah, it stunts you on who you maybe want to be because you want to post whatever you want. Like if you are, I don't know, if you're somebody who's into cats, right? You go and you see a cat somewhere and you take a picture and you're like, look at this beautiful cat. And then you might get like 20 comments and 10 of them say, why are you acting like a crazy cat person? That's so stupid. This and that. When in actuality, then you'll probably stop posting about cats, but you really love cats. Yes, but yes. there's an inner dilemma of who am I supposed to be? And it's messing. I have enough problems wondering who I am. I don't need to worry about... Like, I have always said from a very young age, I don't know what... I've, I always remember never wanting to be famous I always looked at famous people the fame part of like why would you want everyone judging you all the time Mm -hmm. as a performer I'm like I deal with that when I'm on stage right that's Mm -hmm. where nerves come in am I making the right decision when I'm doing when I'm playing Andre and Three Sisters and Chekhov Mm -hmm. for a three hour production so I put myself vulnerably on stage for people to judge me for three hours but when that curtain comes down I like can breathe right (laughs) <laughs> but now we're living in a society where it's like you're judged twenty four seven. I'm yep. going, I'm losing it. Yeah, no, it's it's so true, and 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 it really feels like how difficult is that balance of like 
recognizing that everything you're putting out there is going to be seen and going to be judged in some way and just the opposite of just like completely removing yourself you know what i mean and not there has to be some sort of middle ground but oh my god even just posting that video last night i i I just became addicted to like seeing who was liking it, what comments. I I couldn't even trust that the com- the the positive comments that were being given to me were genuine. I was just so worried about like it not being my best work and everything like that. And Kristen's doing this daily video challenge where one every day for a year she's just posting a video. It could be literally about anything, just being creative in some way. And it's really less about like posting and what you're posting and more about the fact that you know you're making something every day and sharing it as a process and not necessarily as a completed project or something you know well, that per- takes a lot of mental discipline oh my gosh yeah she's you know she's amazing in that way for sure but it's like the challenge of that is ridiculous because we're essentially you know just like anything practice makes perfect in a sense that like we now have to train ourselves to you know give ourselves permission to put something out there that we know isn't perfect but to be proud of the process you know what i mean like that's a muscle we have to train now well isn't that what we went to acting school for <laughs> I, I guess i yeah. thought i spent 10 years in a conservatory perfecting that skill like trust the process put it out there and just it doesn't have to be perfect it's just what I got. Right. And I think that's why I love theater is because you get to do that and then and then it's over. You know what I mean? Like that 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 yeah, performance exactly. And then you get to go be Chris. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that's oh, so I was telling Robert, my husband, for those thousands of listeners out there, <laughs> um, that we were talking about cruise ships because I worked, as you know, for Disney Cruise Line for five years, and he worked performing on a cruise ship for Holland America for a year, and we always get so many questions from people, you know, it's it's, it's, it's fun to talk about because it is a weird lifestyle, and it's so specific and interesting to people who have never done it before, they just don't get it, and it's fun to talk about it, but when we get all these questions, I, I always end up saying in the conversation that one of my absolute favorite things was how disconnected I was from my phone and from the internet and from kind of the rest of the world Mm -hmm. that I could focus on my everyday, my own thoughts, Mm -hmm. getting rest, uh, that's why your friendships from the cruise line are so intense because you're really dealing with people Mm one-on-one. You're not you're not basing your friendship off of the internet because we're not on the internet. Mm-hmm. And we had experiences. We're docking in Iceland. We're docking in the Bahamas. One day we're in Alaska and we're going. And yes, we're taking pictures so that later when we get Instagram, we can show people. But it's not an all day my phone in my hand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's I, the I, only I... scenario besides, you know, maybe being in jail or whatever that you can really just you're forced to disconnect. Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's for me I'm still trying to find the balance because I still don't know what the point is other than just the practice of making things and showing them to people, I guess, is like you know to share yourself with people and what you're working on and I'm only focused on that right now because of 
the current circumstance in the country and the world right now. Like, I feel like all of a sudden, I, I being an actor isn't enough, and I have to be a you know producer and an editor and find new things to create and you know find a way to brand all that and market it and like what I'm not prepared for any of this. How are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how are you doing in this pandemic? How are you doing in this crazy, crazy world with this crazy man as our leader? And just I don't think I'm doing well. I yeah. think I'm doing very. I'm not mentally doing well. I and it all. You know, everyone's everyone's got their own stuff going on during pandemic. Mm-hmm. I've I've been through four deaths during this pandemic. Four people I know have passed away. I'm so I sorry. moved to a brand new city where everything shut down, so I'm just kind of plopped into a new environment. Mm. I have a lot of problems keeping promises to myself, mm. but I keep them to everyone around me. So as far as like being creative or going on walks or getting exercise, I so I just have been allowing myself unfortunately to wallow in the sadness but every time I do I do always say look at my life I'm healthy I have a beautiful apartment I'm married to the love of my life I have some money I'm I'm a white male Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) meaning I don't need to say that as like that's better than any other I just mean like imagine in these times not being a white male and that leads me to what you were talking about about I'm just trying to tell this to my friend who's just not in the arts at all. I was like, I have studied human behavior. I have a degree in the back. I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts from SUNY Purchase in classical acting and theater. And all you do is study human behavior. Choices. Are they wrong? Are they right? Do they work? Like, I'm getting a little deep on acting, but I think that that, that plays a part in actors and artists being able to look in on themselves a lot of people aren't able to look in the mirror and admit to themselves am i being ignorant am i doing something wrong should i check in on someone else they just go along with the motions of their lives because they haven't they haven't been around what you and i have been around and most artists who grow up in the theater right sure so i also thought a lot of times about ignorance and how Ignorance, a lot of times, it is your responsibility to kind of, you know, ignorance isn't a permanent thing. It's not like saying, I have a scar on my face and it won't go away. Ignorance, you can change Mm. how you educate yourself. But then that goes along with discipline and being true to yourself. Do I want to educate myself? Because then that goes along with ignorance is bliss, right? It doesn't affect me, so I don't really need to know about it and let that hurt into my life or have to face that that's really what's going on in the rest of the world because it doesn't affect my everyday. Right. Until that dad in rural Wyoming finds out his son is gay, right? Then he has to deal with it. And whether or not he chooses to, like, deal with it, accept it, and maybe hopefully he'll love his son, then he starts educating himself on, like, gay rights and what's going on in the country and what might be good for my son how should i vote but until that time he didn't he didn't care enough because it doesn't affect him yeah and i think that's how the 
this country works, there, unfortunately, and there's a small percentage of people who care about others and how it affects other people without it affecting themselves. Like, I'm not a black person, but I care because I believe in one nation under all and equal rights for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I just, and I don't understand how, I, I never understood, I'm sorry, I'm like on a tangent, but. No worries. For example, being a homosexual, I never understood why, particularly if I was, when I was living in New York or if I was living anywhere, if I ever, I got called a fag the other day for the first time in a really long time. Jeez. And it was by this black guy who was driving by in his car and he saw me walking with my husband and he called me a fag. And I've heard... I'm only using the term black to get to uh, black to get to my next point is like how can anyone who is black or uh, black hate on someone being gay or different when wasn't it just like 50 years ago or 60 years ago when you were just fighting to have equal rights or using the same bathroom or or not sitting in the back of a bus like don't you remember what it was like to be viewed as different and all you wanted was equality yeah I think we all have our own stories to that we're all different we're all so different and want some different things but at the end of the day I think we all don't want more than someone else we all just want to be treated the same and I can't understand I can't understand how any white person in this country doesn't understand what black people have been through their entire history of living in the United States mm-hmm. to just be comfortable and be like, well, I'm white. It doesn't bother me. Nobody. I was telling my friend who's black the other day, we had a good conversation. I said, listen, I'm gay, but I don't wear gay on my face. Mm-hmm. I can walk into a room and I'm still that I'm a white male. Mm-hmm. So no one sees when I walk into a room, Oh, you're gay. Let me discriminate. Let me discriminate against you or put, judgment on you right away or oh that guy's gonna be this way because he's gay I'm just you know it's on the inside you wear black on your face Mm -hmm. so you walk into a room instantly and you're instantly if you walk into a room and there's 20 other people in a room they're all white and you're a black guy it's like well then there's just a bunch of things that go through people's heads automatically yeah and how how can that I can't relate to how that can feel that's terrible that's Unbelievable. I can't imagine it. This idea of like, if I give you some, then I'll have less, you know? And like, we've totally warped the beauty of giving, you know what I mean? And like, the power in giving and just like sharing. And I mean, just these are like, I my nephew's two and a half years old and like, the, you know, he's he's just now, st- you know, he's claiming a lot of things as his own. This is my dog. This is my blank. Like, and, and my brother and, and his wife are trying to teach him like, you know, we can share and this can be ours. And like, you know, this person can have this amount of time with it and then you can get it back kind of thing. And like, th- these are, you know, things that we teach children. And somehow when you're an adult, you're excused from that. But like, if you have a lot to give and having privilege and like having that freedom to walk into a room and not wear color on your skin and and not be instantly judged because of you know the color of your skin like to ha- to share that you know allowance with people is exactly what needs to be happening right now and 
in no way can I see that it would take away from what you have. You, you, it will never, what you have will never be taken away. It's just about, it's like this abundant, you know, life force that you can share and give and open yourself up and be understanding and have conversations and learn things and just like, I don't understand like what is going on. Well, that's the psychology of a loser, Chris. That's what all these privileged people think. I mean, it's cliche to say, but you know, that saying of like real winners have to lie, cheat, and steal. So you know, I'll cheat and lie and steal my way to the top, meaning having hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you're you you're a loser, left wing radical liberal because you want everyone to have touchy feely feelings and <laughs> right. be, well, no, that's a loser thing. Winners have to winners have to be above you, right? And it's a fear. It's a fear thing for people who are quote unquote at the top, whatever that even means to them. Meaning, let's just kick a monetary thing money right people who are at the top with money and like how biden says he wants to tax heavily people who make over four hundred thousand a year and there there's an element of fear in them of i will no longer be at the top and be better than you right i don't want to share what i have more with other people i'm a winner i have more than you mm-hmm so that's how people are a lot of people base their worth and if they're better than you this better notion I'm better I'm better let's keep the white men rich and the black men poor Mm -hmm. Um, well that's exactly what we were talking about earlier too in a way of of social media and and comparing yourselves with other people like this idea is, is embedded in our you know social way of life like it's all about comparing yourself and be and and finding a way to be better or make more money or have more power or whatever it is like it's it's an obsession that people have and 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 we've we've literally quantified like the human life like we've we've put a a numerical value to it we've put it in you know there's certain you know pros and cons it's all it's all bullshit like to live to be human and to live is enough like that that's it you know like and whatever else you do great you know and i just feel like oh man i i I lose control as well too just just falling deep and deep into a pit of just you know what am i doing where am i going is this good enough the where am i going really gets me into a hole it's hard to live in the now when you're constantly thinking i'm nervous about my future but how can we not be nervous absolutely i mean and i didn't realize how uncertain things were going to be when i chose this lifestyle i guess i think i had a you know like an intellectual understanding of it but practically speaking like i didn't realize how uncertain things were going to be and what that was going to do to my psyche and then i realized i'm only having those crazy thoughts and being afraid because my own yeah my only my only you know vision of of what life should be like quote unquote is you know buy the book go to school get a job have a family get a house like this kind of thing like it's mm-hmm. it's very practical it's very you know buy the book or whatever step by step and and so that's my model of life and i'm not doing any of that i'm doing the complete i don't even know not even opposite just complete randomness and 
and that's okay. You know, like I, I don't give myself permission enough to do that. I don't give myself permission enough to say like, it's okay that you don't know where your next job's going to be or whatever. I mean, like you said, you count your blessings. Like you have so much to be proud of. You have so many accomplishments in your life already. You are with somebody that loves you and that you love. Like these, I'm extremely handsome. You're extremely handsome. You know, <laughs> I was through all this and I was ugly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, man. Well, I also, like you said about the worrying about where you're going to end up, how many times on your birthday at a certain milestone have you said, and people say it in movies, it's very cliche, but we always end up saying it. I remember I said it on my 25th birthday ago, I'm really not where I thought I'd be at 25. And I said it on my 35th birthday. I was like, <laughs> Wow, I thought 35 was something different. But I'm seeing it with this self-deprecating negative tone. Mm. I'm like, I thought I'd have more, 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 more. At 35, <laughs> I thought I'd be this, I thought I'd be that. Well, at 35, you have a beautiful, I live in a gorgeous apartment with the love of my life, a dog that is better than everybody else's. <laughs> I don't have cancer. Like, yeah. I, I'm doing okay. Yes, yes. It, um, it, you know, a lot of this... Black Lives Matter is it for me at least is about the fact that it is just it is amazing to live to live and to pursue one's dreams and to have the privilege to even have conversations like this or even to have the privilege of being self-deprecating of having the time to you know question everything and overthink and worry about the future and all that it's a privilege you know so like it it really is about the simple things and and you know when i'm having a conversation with you like right now about this like it's so clear to me you know what i mean like there are a few amazing things in my life like i'm so proud life is good the sun is shining i'm in a i you know i have clothes on my back i have a beautiful apartment like it's enough but then you know we hang up the phone we go we live our lives and i guarantee you at some point later today i'll probably have the thought like what can i be doing what more should i do where am i going to go you know like how do we silence that you know well i've always compared myself to my family as well you know when you're growing up in a family of doctors and lawyers and my my sibling always my brother was always good at math and he would always you know he went to law school and then he went to business school and he's like makes amazing money and he works for this financial thing and I'm like well is that what I'm supposed to do or is that am I not doing as good or as well because I'm not bringing in enough money is that what this is right like what is you know what's it what is so stupid and deep it goes back to this whole umbrella of what's the meaning of life personally to you what do you want to get out of life what are the things that you are important to you and then if it doesn't go along with what your brother's doing then that's not your life like you know what i mean yeah yeah to me i want to try i want to travel in my life and have adventure if i could put words on what i want for my life it's love laughter and adventure yeah i mean that's amazing so i have a ton of love thank god and yeah. i'm not just talking romantically for all those single people out there listening i have being in a relationship or a marriage does not define the love in your life mm. you can, i'm talking about a love for your mother your relationship with your siblings you're especially in new york how we're all orphans and we all love each other so much mm-hmm. our friendships so i have a lot of love in my life i have a ton of laughter maybe not as much in the past six months right but 
I have almost based my career around laughter. And then adventure, I've traveled the world. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more adventure. I don't even mean adventure going to like on a cruise ship, going to Iceland. I mean like we'll wake up, I'll wake up with my husband and if it's his day off and we have nothing to do all day, but let's go have an adventure. And we get in the car and we pick a spot that's like an hour and a half away and we'll go to like, I don't know, some bakery we've never been to before. I want adventure. We pardon this interruption for a brief, totally not paid for advertisement brought to you by Ascension, an edible vegan skincare line founded in 2018 by Max Hemphill. When applied to the face or even ingested, the powder acts like a magnet and pulls toxins, heavy metals, and other chemicals from the body, creating a more alkaline environment. The product's key ingredient is diametaceous earth, or DE, made from the fossilized shells of diatoms, a type of algae found in freshwater. This skincare line is vegan, gluten free, non-GMO, non-dairy, and sugar-free, also free of parabens, animal byproducts, sodium lauryl sulfates, and other harsh cosmetic chemicals. Ascension reminds us that effective change begins at a local level with city council members, boards, and commissions. Make sure you visit their website, ascensionearth.net, or check them out on Instagram, at ascensionearth. My dad works in a family business, so my, my family's owned hotels in Miami Beach since the late 40s. Oh, wow. And my dad has always provided for us. I don't want to talk trash. He's, he's an amazing, he's an amazing loving dad. It's just he's never had to look for a job in his life. Mm-hmm. Type deal. He got it from his dad, which got it from his grandfather, this and that. Right. And I'm like, and my mom went to school to be a nurse, and then she was a nurse. Right. It's like, people go to school. I'm like, I'm jealous <laughs> of people who go to school for a skill like being an engineer and then they go and be an engineer that's it we that's go to it. school for decades I mean I went to New World School of the Arts in Miami, Florida and SUNY Purchase Acting Conservatory for eight years straight which are two of the top schools in the country mm-hmm. to go into Harvard for business school and then you go out of Harvard and you cross your fingers that you even have a career <laughs> right so I went to school for something and I have a badass degree and then you just say well I'll just go work at the Gap right it's so frustratingly sad and heartbreaking sometimes yeah but I it took it so after after I after I hated the business of acting and the whole business side of it I was really missing conservatory life where you're just focused on the craft and I wasn't prepared for trying to make so much money to survive Mm-hmm. I slowly was like, how can I become, how can I fulfill my performer side of my life and not have to sacrifice it in order to make, like, what can I really do to make some serious money? Right, because that, that, that side of you is never going to go away. Like, it was never going to shift from right. performing well, to something. Right, what can I do that I won't lose my mind sitting at a desk? <laughs> yeah. What, it doesn't have to, I don't have to be learning a script, and that brought me to the cruise line. Okay. I felt I was so when I when I was on the when I was on the cruise ship when I was working for Disney, and I and even after I worked at Disney, I had such clarity. It was like such an aha moment of I don't have to. There are so many different facets to perform that people don't realize when you're an artist, you don't have to, 
you don't have to fit into a box. Like I was doing, I, you saw me, I was performing the David Brown show. Absolutely. I didn't have a script. For the first time in my life, I was acting with no character, no script, no cast. I wasn't putting on a show. They hired me to be like Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. So then when I settled into that, I'm like, oh my God, I'm performing on a stage every single night in a completely different way than I thought I was going to 10 years ago. Of but course. I found a way to perform. I mean, that's that beautiful. Works, that works for me, and I love it. I love it even more than I did 10 years ago. And I'm traveling, and I'm fulfilled, and I'm making money. Yeah. I was like, I'm so tired of people being like, do you want to be in this experimental play that's premiering in Montauk for two weeks? But I need six months of your work to put the show together. It's like, no, I went to really good schools for this. This isn't a hobby for me. I need to find someone that's going to pay me for what I'm skilled at. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. You just kind of got to get out of your own way sometimes and just let the opportunities present themselves to you and... I don't know. You have to say yes to everything. Yeah. Even if it's, unfortunately, sometimes, even if it's like someone said, listen, you're struggling right now. You don't have a job. I know you're in the arts, but my cousin needs somebody at an art gallery to be the front desk person. Maybe you don't take it, but maybe you just say yes, and then you find, like, your lifelong best friend that works there. Like, there's something that comes out of saying yes uh, more than saying yeah no. of any opportunity yeah Kristen believes that as well it's like you never know and you, I've heard it before and it, it sounds cliche but you really never know what a yes is going to do for you later in life and like and and that's for me it's more about you know thinking of my life as like a human being and not just like as an actor that has to like work in order to have value like any opportunity that you take and say yes to it it can improve just anything any aspect of your life and like that to me thinking about it more broadly like that like that brings me more peace in it because it it removes me from this this never ending grind of just like I gotta be working I gotta be doing this I next thing on the resume like all this crap yeah but I so experiences with people I'm finding more and more I. I don't know, the meaning of life is such a weird sentence, but, you know, these sentences that come out of my mouth are like, I want experiences with people that I love. That sounds so general, but, like, yeah, I just want to, like, I'm tired of, I know I'm not old, and I know 40 isn't old at all. I'm actually, look, I'm the only person I know that can't wait to be, I can't wait to be 80 in a power center, to be honest. (laughs) With a double cheeseburger in one hand and a pack of cigarettes in the other, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about getting old. I worked in an old age home for two years. It was funny. I could write a one-man show and a book on this shit. Oh, man. But I just don't have any fear of getting older. I want to be healthy, of course. I'm scared to get older and get sick, but I just... As long as I, it's so corny, so please forgive me, but as long as I have Robert by my side, Mm. and I don't want to seem like my happiness is dependent on another person, because I do really feel like we got to find it within ourselves, Mm -hmm. even if I wasn't with him, but the fact that I've just, like, found my forever person, and I love doing things with him, Mm -hmm. I don't care where I end up, because we're not, we've decided we're not having children, so it's just him and I and probably a dog and we could pick up and go live in Vegas or Montreal or wherever the hell we want 
I, yeah. I want to look at the rest of my life as a positive adventure that's going to happen rather than I'm terrified of what I'm going to miss or what I'm not going to do. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. And it's interesting, and I don't know if you can comment on this right now, but like, I'm, you know, you're saying, I, and I feel you 100% of just how the depression and anxiety is sort of been slowly creeping in through this pandemic and just like, you know, I don't really know how I would say if somebody asked me, how are you doing during all of this? I don't know, you know, but um, it sounds to me, at least right now that we're talking, how positive and optimistic you are, even in the midst of that. Do you feel like that's just something that's happening right now? Or is it this sort of like, I'm stuck in knowing that this is how I want to live, but actually implementing those things is more challenging, you know? I think it comes with the positivity thinking that I that you hear through my voice. Again, I think it attributes to being in acting school for so long. Mm. You try different things, you try different things within a show, within a scene. Oh, the director, and the director in this case is life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So life says, that choice doesn't work, try something else. This That doesn't work, try something else. Okay, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. You don't know what the outcome's going to be at the outcome's gonna be at the end of each performance every night. It yeah. could turn out a little differently. You'll always get to the same ending, which, I don't mean to sound depressing, is death. And right. this, like, when you die, that's the end of the play of our lives right but you gotta try a bunch of different things to see what works for the play right I know it's so metaphorical but like I always think that we look we, we tend to go towards positive choices and acting right like take improv class for example you don't say no mm-hmm. to a situation that just pops up just like in life you shouldn't automatically go towards no even if you don't make a choice yet your choice that you're going to make is positive and moving forward. That's kind of how we're taught as actors. Keep the scene going. Yeah. Keep it pushing forward. Keep keep going. And that's like a positive statement. Pushing forward. Keep going. So I think that's kind of like ingrained in us for people who grew up in that kind of environment and are artistic. It's like make the painting happen. Make the musical piece the best it can be. Make it sound good make the play good, do your best, you know, those kind of positive reinforcement and discipline that the theater kind of gives to us. Sure. And I also don't want to be this, I don't want to be this, like, sad mess for my partner. Yeah. He's going to work every single day. Wow. And I I want to, you know, I don't want him to come home from work and just find me, like, balled up on the floor crying all the time. Yeah. I do that when he's at work. Okay. <laughs> right, but, right. Because I want to I help him, too, along this play. I want I want him to be happy. He's struggling through shit. You think he's pumped? He's an actor his whole life, and he's at a hotel all day long. He yeah. tells me constantly, I miss performing. I miss performing. Mm-hmm. I think about a lot this idea of, like, change and how we're living this life of complete flexibility and like you said always being able to adapt and you know try something new and see what works or what sticks or whatever but how in the midst of all that do you cultivate a sense of self you know like how do you groundedness yeah how do you find where you land exactly like how how do you keep how do you be stable but also you know moving around constantly 
it's funny that you asked that because there's so many times like I just literally just spewed all that to you for like 20 minutes about adventure and being able to pick up and go and this and that but then I also I've said this to Robert and my friends so many times there's something so desirable and admirable about someone who has had the same job for like 40 years sure like someone who just I don't know works at a power plant and comes home to their wife and kids and owns a home and their kids grew up in the same town that they did and go to the same elementary school like it's a comfortable thing sure that is so not ingrained in Robert and I's psyche but I've looked at that quote unquote plain consistent predictable if you will kind of lifestyle and I kind of want some of that so it's true like what is the what's the balance I do think stereotypically a little bit if you own a home somewhere Mm -hmm. that you can put roots down a little bit in that area whether you live you know because when you own something it's like okay I've made a choice to live in this city even if it's for six months out of the year or all the time like you know as New Yorkers we just think renting is normal yeah sure Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, <laughs> I think like, about that all the time. so what part do you think, if maybe the whole part, I don't know, of like growing up and having your parents as the role models for how to live life essentially before you knew anything else? Like, how has that influenced like this, you know, these ideas that you're talking about? I mean, they've held the same job for all these years and, you know, the model home or whatever, well, you know. My dad has told me a bunch of times, my, my father and my brother both have said, can't count how many times they've said just you know if I'm talking to them about oh I didn't get that audition or I got you know how many jobs have you had in your life Chris same with me I mm-hmm. probably had like nine or ten mm-hmm. and they said like just pick a job just go they're like David nobody likes to go to work but we do it because that's what we have to do so you <laughs> go into an office you sit down you get paid and you go home right and I was like that's not what I was taught I mean, <laughs> Like, that's not, I, that's not at all what I thought life was supposed to be. So when I look up to my dad and my brother in the sense of, like, they're older and they're in my family and I love them, are they right? Do they have the secret to what life is? Should I try what they're doing? And I have. I worked at a hotel for two or three years, and then I was like, no, I got to keep moving. Then yeah. I worked on a cruise ship. No, I got to keep moving. Then I worked... Maybe it's just not in me. It's like the antithesis of what you learn in the theater versus what... When you're the black sheep in your family, when nobody else grew up in the arts, yeah. you really... You, you can't... They can't relate to you, and you can't really relate to them with that whole kind of, like, what's a life purpose thing. That question, what do I want, <laughs> yeah. is one of the scariest... I don't even have the answer. And then it, it fogs up your brain of... Well, if I don't know what I essentially, ultimately want, how do I make the baby steps in order to achieve that bigger goal? Yeah. I, I still don't know what I want. I, I don't have anything going on for myself right now. That's been the hardest part. I don't have anything that's my own this past six months during the pandemic. My job has been postponed till 2021. Mm-hmm. So I just, I haven't worked since January. And I don't have something that's just mine so that I'm proud of. I think when 
something you're proud of, that translates into success, which then translates into, like, I feel good about myself because I did something for me. I wanted to say it was when I was on the cruise ship. That was the hap- one of the happiest I ever was. But then, of course, the universe balances it out with, you can't have everything. I was so happy with myself in finding that job. Yeah. A job to me in my 20s to, to when I was 30 was like, everything like oh i'm somebody because i held a job (laughs) and i like my job and i'm a normal functioning member of society but then of course the cruise ship gave me everything i wanted but then took me away from the person that i loved right right so you can't have it all you really can't you really can't and that it like like, i'm gonna toss you everything except i'm gonna take away the love of your life for a long time yeah me and all of us What yeah. do I have now? And why can't I just be happy with that for now? Right, right. Maybe I want more in five years, like a goal. Like, I want to buy a home within five years. That's a nice goal, but I don't want to base my whole present that I don't have anything now because I don't have that yet. Oh, that's it, man. That's it. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'm not saying I practice this shit. I'm trying. <laughs> for sure. I mean, for me, and I'm sure you can relate with Robert. Like, for me with Kristen, like, I, you know, I want to marry her. Like, I want to be with her. Like, I'm set. I'm satisfied. There's no next person well, after her. Because you asked her to marry you, and she said yes. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, so everything's going according to plan in, in that way, and I'm fully satisfied in that aspect of my life. And, like, it's very easy for me to completely you know disregard whatever is whatever's next in terms of that category of my life and like I feel like you're that way with Robert too like it's like why that why is that so easy to comprehend for me but in terms of like a career or you know creative goals or whatever else like there's there's I'm not finding the satisfaction in what I have you know what I mean well it's a little bit like what I was saying it's hard to keep goals and promises for something that's just for you internally it's a lot easier to get that high that buzz of i have satisfied something off of someone else so like Kristen, she's dying for a certain pair of vintage shoes oh i paid attention to when she said that and i'm gonna surprise her with those shoes and i see the smile on her face when i give them to her and check i'm a good boyfriend i'm a good husband Mm -hmm. i'm a success in that area Mm -hmm. i've i've done that it's a high i love to i do that for robert every day dinner's on the table for him every day when he comes home i love that but it's also my dream to be like 1950s housewife (laughs) (laughs) right of course well and Um, and that's i want to go back to what you'd said this idea of of how much easier it is to do things for other people or make promises for other people mm-hmm. than it is for yourself. Like, why, you know? Because then you have to be, there's there's no excuses. You have to be accountable. Mm. If, you, if you don't keep a promise to yourself, you don't get, quote unquote, in trouble. Right, right. You just, there's no consequences in the sense of like, if you don't keep a promise to your boss, you could get fired or penalized at work. If you don't keep a promise to your significant other, you may get into a fight or it or it causes whatever it causes. If you don't keep a promise to yourself, there's no one pointing their finger at you externally and you're not, quote-unquote, in trouble like a little, you know? 
Yeah. Just but I think get away with it. Okay, yeah. I didn't go to the gym today. I don't know. Right. right. Like I'm in trouble. Totally. And I, but I think the danger with that that I'm realizing is like when you don't make a promise to somebody else, like you said, like it, it's possible that they could get hurt in addition to you. But when you don't make a promise to yourself, like you're the only one who's going to get hurt by it. And so we normalize that like self hurt, you know what I mean? Like breaking promises to yourself or not committing fully to yourself. But if we just continue to normalize hurting ourselves and not actually acknowledging that it is hurt, that it is disappointment, that it is pain or, you know, whatever it is, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe that starts to add up. You know, it does. That's where when you ask me how I'm doing and I'm saying not great, it's not just what's going on in the world. It's the fact that I could have been, you know, if I don't like my body right now, I could have been working out every day yep. mm-hmm. for months and I would have achieved this. Goal. I had nothing else to do. Why wasn't I doing 300 crunches every single day? I feel you. I feel you. Why? Yeah. There's no reason. There is zero, zero, zero reason. Mm-hmm. It's that it drives, and then that's what gets me depressed, is that I don't keep promises to myself, and the why, I don't understand. If I want to look amazing, and I'm tired of being overweight for the past however long, I just had an entire six months of being home with the freedom to change whatever I wanted to mm-hmm. about myself. And I did nothing about it. <laughs> so sad. It's so depressing. It's unreal. It's the weirdest feeling in the world. I mean, it's, like, it's honest. I want to do this. I'm in full control. I have nothing holding me back. I don't have to audition to get the part of a six, like a guy with a six pack. I can do it on my own. Right. And I just, it doesn't cost me anything. It's free. There's no excuses. But then I don't do it. Yeah. But, I'll make sure to do something for someone else because that's instant gratification of, oh, I did it. <sighs> See, I proved it. I made that meal and then you ate it and then you smiled. It's so strange. It's so strange. And I, Maybe that's because, again, we're actors. I go on the stage, you clapped for me. <sighs> I did a good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> it's validation, true. validation. That's how I maybe measure success validation applause from an audience a smile from a meal that i made giving Kristen a pair of vintage shoes from 1947 i think it's been a skill since i was four Hmm. that i've always been i i say four because i don't remember anything before like i remember my birthday so i always go out to like the age of four um (laughs) I've always had the skill of being quick. My mental, my mental mind of conversation and, and dealing with people and talking with people, I've always been able to just be quick. I've always had people skills. Always. My whole life. Mm. I was born with it. I don't know why. And it is approval. Anybody who tells... I mean, go, I mean it's, a, it's, it's not like I'm seeking approval to validate my existence it's more of like a drug it's an instant approval mm. like when we're on stage and someone claps for you at the end of a big ballad it's like you did it yeah give me more give me more applause but I don't 
people don't realize, A, is that when I'm not performing and I'm not being paid or I'm not, like, if I'm not on stage, I actually don't enjoy the spotlight on me. I'm not, I can be in a conversation with a bunch of people at a bar and if I have a funny story, I know how to tell a story very well so it's engaging, but I don't have to be the center of attention. I don't, I don't really like that. Like, it's right. really weird. At my wedding, I was uncomfortable for a lot of it because all the attention was on Robert and I, and I wasn't being paid to perform. So I'm like, everyone look away. <laughs> Go enjoy the wedding and do your own thing. But I, I remember in college, because when you go to conservatory in college, you really just do a lot of inner self-reflection and you're in script analysis class and you're writing, they force you to write all these journals and do this and that. I remember always saying, like, people look at me as the class clown or people look at, like, David as always entertaining someone that when I do get serious or I do get upset or I do have something to say that's not a smile on my face, people are like, what's wrong with you? Mm. Where's the old, where's the, I, I don't want this, David. I'm like, well, David's not just a dance monkey dance. Like, I don't, I'm not always on, I'm not... Like on Disney Cruise Line, if I was walking through the halls downstairs, like under, like on deck one, after a performance, and I'm not smiling, people are like, "What's wrong?" I go, "Nothing. I'm just turned off right now." <laughs> right. I just had to entertain everyone for two hours straight. Like I'm, it's it's hindered me, but it's like almost my fault. I have, I've told everybody, I've through my actions, have told everybody like David Brown's the guy that makes you laugh. Or David Brown's the guy that's going to give you energy or put on a show. When actuality, that's just my, that's just like a not a persona because I do enjoy it. It's just I don't people just box you in one thing. Yeah, it's it's not all of you. And like I'm I'm also scared of this change. Like I'm kind of tired of self-deprecating humor. It's affecting mm. my psyche. I'm tired of like outwardly putting myself down yeah. to be in funny situations I'll you know I'll be like oh that's because I'm overweight and I'm like right. okay just then do something about it and stop you know I'm just I'm kind of tired of self deprecating and I have a bunch of friendships that are very based around that humor mm. and I want to get away from that Yeah, and I'm scared that I'm going to lose people as friends sometimes because I want to change a little bit and grow and evolve into the guy that's not always doing self-deprecating humor or making you laugh and I'm scared if I don't make you laugh then and you've only known me making you laugh for like 10 to 15 years are you still gonna like this David sure wow I mean that's that's just a part of you know relationships in general I mean if if you can't be with somebody who's you know willing to change and grow alongside of you and see through your changes then that person was not you know meant for your full life you know I mean that's why it's so scary picking a life partner like you're pretty much you know making this agreement prematurely that you're just going to be there for each other and like grow together which may not always happen in the way that you think like but with friendships yeah i mean you grow in different ways and that growing is growing apart yeah i mean like there's there's really nothing quote unquote wrong about that i mean the fact that you're here making that realization that you want to sort of step in a new direction away from this person you've pretty much inherently always been like not to let go of that 
side of you or that part of you or whatever, but just to like, I guess, evolve another piece of you. Like, Into some, another, exactly, another piece. If you've seen the movie Inside Out, I need, I'm looking for a different personality island. I have been questioning, questioning, questioning so many things, which can be okay, but I've kind of always prided myself on like not being scared of making decisions and just go for it. Sure. And now I'm like tippy-toeing around David Brown's life. As David, it's very weird. I feel I feel so out of place. And and maybe the conversation just does end at like we're in literally in a pandemic. Our government has failed us. We don't know what's coming next. Like th- that's just it. Like it's you know no excuses for sure. It doesn't make it any better. But like like what's exp- I'm scared of like what's what's expected of everybody. Let's just say, I mean, I don't even know, but let's just say there's a vaccine in 2021. Let's Mm -hmm. just pick a month, right? Let's just say in February of next year, they have, fingers crossed, started to distribute and there's a vaccine available, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we don't have the pandemic anymore. Now what? I'd almost rather I've got, and now I've even lost, I say I want things to go back to normal, but I've even lost motivation where now I'm like, well, my normal life is like, I don't know what day it is. It doesn't matter. I'll watch whatever's new on Netflix and like go grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Now I'm scared to go back to normal of the pressure of like, oh gosh, getting up for work. What do I do? I'm not even like excited for it to go back to normal. I'm scared. I'm tired. I'm tired of A, choosing negativity. I'm tired of choosing the panic. I'm tired of choosing the anxiety of not understanding. Just, I want to just be like, chill is such a good word. I just want to like, Calm down. I'm jealous of people I know that are just like, not whatever, because whatever can have a negative connotation to it. When you say like whatever, right? It kind of mean it kind of you get the feeling of I don't care. Yes. Which I don't want that to be. It's just I get envious sometimes when I see people who are just like, it'll happen. That phrase, it'll happen, has so much like <laughs> trust and faith that it'll just like happen. I'm like, oh my god, give me some of that. Oh my gosh, I know. But you know that we go back. Way back. To 20, I think 2012. Oh my gosh. Is when we met on the ship. And she just was so, she just brought me in. She's the one who became friends with me. I didn't become friends with her. Like, meaning she was like, David Brown, come, you're new here. Come to lunch with me. Be my yep. friends. You're, she just, we have such, because she's so teeny. We always, with our eyes, look at someone who's, right, at least I do, if someone's bigger and taller and, like, just big, you uh, you just automatically think they have more something. Mm-hmm. And when something's small and compact, you're like, oh, there's less of something. <laughs> she dances like she's six foot six. Mm-hmm. She loves someone in friendships like she's six foot six. You're you know, right. Her, her energy and her drive and her knowing who she is... That that bitch knows what she wants it's, and who she is. It's true, man. It's true. Like, down <laughs> like to the da- down to the simplest of things sometimes. And and here I am, just like you know, like a balloon floating in the fucking wind. But like that's balance. That's yeah. such a good balance for you too. She mm-hmm. is so. I joke with her all the time, and I'm like, or with you, and I'm like, wow, Kristen really lucked out. 
but you really lucked out having her. It's, that's when you know it's like a really nice thing to see in a couple. It's like, wow, Chris is so lucky to have Kristen, but Kristen, man, is so lucky to have Chris. It's yeah. a good balance. Oh, I man. I love you too, man. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here and talking with me. You've been listening to David Brown and Chris Chair on Chair and Fields. There it is. 101.5 FM. <laughs>